Welcome to the First Apostolic Church Podcast. Our church mission is to love as God loves, showing compassion to every soul, thus winning those souls and equipping them to be sent out to plant and to harvest. Thank you for joining us today, and we hope that you are blessed by today's podcast. And make the crooked places straight. Somebody say hallelujah. Hallelujah. I will break in pieces the gates of brass and cut in sunder the bars of iron. And I will give thee the treasures of darkness and hidden riches of secret places that thou mayest know that I, the Lord, this is important, which call thee by name, am the God of Israel. I want to minister this evening on, on this topic when God calls your name. When God calls your name. I, don't, I wish you would just lift your hands right now and say, Lord, I'm listening. When God calls your name. Lord Jesus, we need you tonight. Hallelujah. Somebody shout in Jesus' name. Amen. Lord bless you. You may be seated. When God calls your name, Isaiah begins by letting us know that God, that it is God that will prepare the way for our path in life. You don't think what you said wasn't in order tonight. It is God that prepares the way for our path in life. We don't always know what the plan of God has in store for us. But it is important for us to understand this evening that we should heed the warnings of the Word of God. In that whether we go with God or whether we go without God, that we will find crooked places in our life. Just as Brother Cook was testifying a few moments ago, you can have plans. If you know me at all, you know that I'm a planner. I'm always strategizing and thinking about the next move. Uh, You're taught in business that life is nothing but a chess game and you're constantly strategizing what the next play is. But as often as I do that, it is also equally often that I find that God is altering the plan because God sees things beyond the next bend in the road. God sees things beyond the next crooked place. God sees things that me and my mind and my imagination that I can't fathom, I can't see, I can't even comprehend it right now. But with the plans that I make, God often changes the plan. However, the idea is that God will take everything that would delay you and everything that would come against you in your victory and your march toward freedom in God that is in an effort to stop you. The idea tonight from this holy writ is that God will take it away. The God who is above all that is found in the heaven of heavens with certainty will come against anything that comes against His children. 
If If you're not understanding the blessings of being a child of God tonight, let me summarize it for you. God will go before you. And when God goes before me, it doesn't matter how dark the cloud is. It doesn't matter how crooked the path is. When God goes before every step I take, it doesn't matter how many devils are chasing after me. When God goes before you and God goes before me, it doesn't matter what today holds. It doesn't matter what tomorrow holds. I know who holds tomorrow and that's all that I need to know. Hallelujah. Victory is certain. Victory is sure. Well, you're not convinced just yet. Because we we are too uh, we're too easily convinced that I can't have victory. We're too easily persuaded by voices in life that I can't succeed. That I can't have victory in God. I've made too many mistakes. Yesterday was too bad for me. We are persuaded too often that we can't have what God has established for us. But I'm rising in this occasion tonight to tell somebody that God cares about your victory and God cares about your tomorrow and He will deliver you. That is... The blessing of being the child of God. There are crooked places in life. There are crooked places in our path. I have the bend in the road with doubt and fear. We don't give God an opportunity to straighten out the things that stop us in our walk, in our march for God. Somebody shout hallelujah. In going before us, God may sometimes appear to be right in front of us. Sometimes it may appear as though he's so far in front that he can't even be seen. But regardless of his position, we know that the promises of God to be sure. And if he said he would do it, he'll do it. I know that's simple. And I know that's basic. But it's really as deep as it gets. If God said he would do it, he'll do it. Now, if you'll allow me tonight for just a moment, because I'm feeling in my spirit that this morning and tonight are connecting together. And they're intertwining just for a moment. And that is the importance of your worship and praise. And I'm not going to be redundant very long. But the importance of your worship and praise. This morning we talked we talked about the, the worship scale, if you will. Those, those, those light tributal type worships that we have that don't really require a whole lot of you all the way across through to where you get to that hala. Where you get to that crazy, ugly moment of worship where you really don't care what anybody thinks of you. You and God are having a discussion and that's enough said. When you get to the place to where you are willing to go all the way with God, it doesn't matter what God's position is in your life. It doesn't matter what God says to you. It doesn't even matter where God tells you to go. When you are in a worship environment, when you are in a worship state of mind, it doesn't matter what God says. Because when I'm in a worship state of mind and God says go do thus and so, the answer is just yes. 
The answer is just a simple, yes, I know you will do it. When I'm not in a worship state of mind and I'm staying shallow on the surface and I can't get very deep in my praise and God says to do something, that's where I'm at risk of saying no. Man, I can't even understand, I can't even fathom how to get across to you the importance and value of worship. It is more important than I have the ability to articulate tonight. It touches every fabric of everything we do and stand for. Luke chapter 1 and verse number 37 says, For with God nothing shall be impossible. Jesus told us in Luke 10 and 19, Behold, I give unto you the power to tread on serpents and scorpions and over every power of the enemy and nothing, somebody shout nothing, somebody shout nothing, somebody shout nothing shall by any means hurt you. God has empowered his church. God has empowered his saints. God has empowered his children with the ability to succeed over every threat of the enemy. There's not a thing in this world that can harm you unless God allows it. I've said this before. I don't know know where I was when I said it. But I am just crazy enough to believe that if I'm in an airplane, and I'm flying tomorrow, so uh, this takes a lot for me to introduce this subject right now. But if I'm in an airplane and I'm, I'm, I'm cruising at 36,000 feet and I'm on my way to my destination and every engine on that airplane goes out, if it's not my time to go, somewhere between 36,000 feet and zero, God has a plan. I don't have to know what it is. Woo! I don't need to know what it is. I just need to know that he's in control. What are you saying, preacher? I'm saying God's got it all under control. I don't know what you came in this house with. I don't know what baggage you've got on your back tonight. But let me remind you by the word of God that he's got it all under control. He don't need an assistant. He doesn't need a backseat driver. All we need to do is get in a worship atmosphere and surrender to almighty God because God has a plan. Hallelujah. Every single person in this congregation tonight has something to contribute to the kingdom of God. God has given you the tools that are necessary to put that into action. Brother Mason, I don't don't know what those tools are. Look at your hands. No, seriously, look at your hands. Look at your feet. If you had, I'm not asking you to get a mirror out. But when you get home tonight and you look in the mirror, I want you to look at your lips. Now, I don't, I don't mean get in the mirror and go. All right, I'm not, I'm not asking you to take yourself on a date. But look in the mirror. Look at your lips because God's given you a mouth. We are his hands and feet. We are his voice. 
You are the only Bible that somebody reads. But when we come into this house, we are His worshipers. We have power to tread on serpents. Lord, I don't know if you're feeling what I'm feeling tonight, but I can't stand still. We have power to tread on serpents. I, I, I hear the voice of, of, of Granny when she said, I hate him! I hate him! What's she doing? She's treading on him. If he's poking his head up, she's putting her heel in. I'm afraid that we, we've relinquished too much of our power. We've let go of too much of our authority on our own just in seek of comfort. I need to remind someone tonight that you have the power in the name of Jesus to tread on every demon of hell that comes against you. It's all right for Bishop. It's all right for Pastor to come to your house and pray. I'm not knocking that. I know that's happened in a few instances and that's necessary sometimes but not in every occasion is that needful because you have the same authority. You have the same power. You have the same Holy Ghost and I'm trying to get somebody to understand tonight that we have as the body of Christ the authority to tread on serpents and scorpions and every demon and devil of hell that tries to attack you in your home. Because I can guarantee you, if we can get into a worship atmosphere at church, there's no devil here. But he's going to go home with you. He's going to catch you on Monday morning when it's nice and early. You have the authority to say, in the name of Jesus. Get out of my house. Every person. Well, Brother Mason, I, I can't do that. Oh, yeah, you can. No, no, I can't. Oh, yeah, you can. Because that's what my Bible says. Ephesians 3.20 says, Now unto him that is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we can ask or Think. Follow the wording there. You don't even have to ask him for it. He's able to do what even in the imaginations of your thoughts are. I dare say tonight that I'm speaking to someone. That every time you come to the house of God, there are things that you think you would like to do. There are things that you imagine you wish you had the freedom to do. There are, there are imaginations of your thoughts when you see a certain person react a certain way in worship. I wish I could do that. I dare say there's someone here tonight that's, that says, I, I, I wish that I could be vocal enough to praise God. I, I wish I could be vocal enough to receive the Holy Ghost. I, I wish I wasn't so bashful or so shy. I, I wish I could. Let me tell you what the Bible says. Unto him that is able... To do exceeding and abundantly what you think. The plan of God is great. 
so great sometimes it's scary, but the plan of God is great. Sometimes we can't even think about what he wants us to do. But if we'll just realize he has it in his plan, and that he'll go before you, and that he'll make your crooked way straight. Woo! Philippians 1.6 says, Being confident of this very thing, that he which has begun a good work in you will perform it until the day of Jesus Christ. Once God starts something in your life, he's not going to stop until it's finished. The only way your work in God can stop premature is if you stop. That's the only way, because he said, I'm not stopping. The road you're on may change. Or the cook, the city you live in may change. The road you're on, your direction may change. Your plans may change. But the only way that work will falter is if you stop. Because the Lord's going to keep going. And he's going to keep going. And he's going to keep, he's better than the Energizer Bunny. And until he's satisfied that the work is done, he's not stopping. But you say, oh, but, but I'm, I'm tired. That's all right. Keep going. He'll be your strength. You can't afford to quit now. I said you can't afford to quit now. Look at your neighbor tonight and say, I can't afford to quit. I've got too much invested. I, I've, I've, I've went on this journey too long. I can't afford to stop now. I've got to hold on a little bit longer. God's moving every mountain out of the way. God's moving every crooked place out of the way. I feel in the Holy Ghost tonight that God's moving some things out of the way. And he's going to make a way for some of you to do what exactly you've imagined in your mind. And all he's looking for tonight is a commitment in praise to say, God, when you move it out of the way, I'll keep walking. I'll keep walking. I'll keep praising. I'm not giving up if God isn't giving up. I'm not stopping short if God's not stopping short. Let me tell you, God's not going to stop short. God's not going to give up on you. So it's time for us to rise in this hour and know that God knows my name. God knows my circumstance. God knows my everything that I need. Could you clap your hands to the Lord tonight? Woo! Hallelujah. Time. Time causes fear. The most afraid I've ever been in my adult life, I think, was when I was unemployed. Because God changed my plan. Most afraid I've ever been. It was because I had nothing but time. And the best peace I found was filling my time. I didn't walk around in the Spirit 24 7. Do not misunderstand me. But the greatest peace I found was whenever I came to the house of God. The greatest peace I found was leading worship. The greatest peace I found was not stopping because life was rough. The greatest inner peace and outer peace I had was saying, okay, God, you've got everything.
there were, uh, this isn't in my notes. There were messages that were preached that were encouraging. There were prophets of God that stood in this behind this sacred desk that had words to speak to us as a family that was encouraging. There were tongues and interpretation that came forward in pro- prophetic words that came straight to us that was encouraging. Some of which we are seeing revealed today. There are things, Pastor, that we heard as a family over three, it's been longer than that now, it's about almost six years ago that we heard at that time that we are starting to see revealed right now. It didn't happen six days later. It didn't happen a month later. We're we're six years later and we're just starting to see the revealing of some of those things that God spoke would come to pass. What are you saying? I'm saying you cannot afford to quit. Your answers aren't going to come when you want them. Your understanding doesn't come when you think you need it. But we serve an awesome God who's never late. He never sleeps on the job. And when it's crooked, he'll make it straight. Moses got to the border of the Red Sea. He said, God, it's crooked. That's all right. I'll make it straight. I'll make a way. There are people here tonight in, in a size of any, in, of any justifiable crowd. I have to believe that there are people, and I'm speaking naturally, not spiritually right now, but I have to believe that there are people here tonight who are facing issues in life that you just don't know how it's going to work. You just don't understand it. You can ask why all day long and still not be done asking. Now, there, there's, there's a part of me that, that wants to say, now, now just stay with me through this statement because I'm not done when I'm finished making this statement. But there's a part of me that just wants to say welcome to life. But that, that's a little cold and calculated. Although I think it is true. But beyond that, welcome to God. Because he operates at his best when you don't know what to do. He operates at his finest when the way is crooked for you and you don't give up. See, that's what the enemy of your soul wants. He wants a mountain in the way. He wants crooked in the way. He wants the bank in the way. He wants the repo man in the way. He wants the employer in the way. He wants the mad spouse in the way. He wants everything in your way that he could put in your way. But I've come to tell somebody tonight that God's going to call your name. God make every way straight. He'll take all the crooked places out. He's able. Somebody shout, he's able. The God that knows your name. He's able. Isaiah 44 and 8 says, Fear ye not, neither 
be afraid. Have not I told thee from that time, and have ye declared it? Ye are even my witnesses. Is there a God beside me? Yea, there, this is God's response, there is no God. I know not any. Whew, I love that. As, as if him saying there is no God is just not clear enough. Just in case there needs to be a final edge of clarification, he, he adds, I know not any. And then he says, fear not. Fear not. Fear not. If Jesus said it, all we have to do is do it. If he, if he declared it, all we have to do is do it. We don't always know the end from the beginning. That's because we're not God. You should, I want to tell you a few fundamental things that you should do in case you don't. And then I'm going to tell you why. You should pray. I realize in an apostolic church that should be a given. But because we, are, we have natural lives, it's not. You should pray. Pray about your job. you're single or dating, pray about your relationships. If you're married, pray to keep your tongue so you can say that way. Not everything that's right needs to be said. Well, that's another topic for another time. Pray about your home purchase. Pray about your vehicle purchase. Pray about your children. Pray about, pray about your children's future. My wife is very vocal in our home. She has prayed since Alex was born. She's prayed for his wife. Well, that don't make any sense. That makes all the sense I need. Because God sees our end from our beginning. He knows tomorrow from today. Why do I need to pray about all these things? Because whenever I'm praying about all these things and I'm worshiping God and I'm close to God and I'm listening to God, God's going to call my name. And I'm listening for him and I, I hear my name. Oh, I hear my name. Where's it at? It's in this prayer that I've been praying and God's got an answer for me. That answer's not always yes. But whenever I maintain a worship frame of mind, it doesn't matter if God says yes, no, or maybe. I'm able to submit and say, God, you just keep calling my name. God, you keep doing what you do because you're God. Somebody shout amen. If Jesus said it, just do it. I think it was pastor, it was either pastor or someone else recently that talked about that. And, and I, I may be paraphrasing just a little bit. Somebody was making up their mind and doing something. If that's what God said, all you have to do is obey. Because he's not going to ask any more from you. 
than what you are capable of doing. Now let me clarify that statement for a second. That statement does not mean that you're always going to feel like you can. God is not going to require something from you that you are not capable of doing. But I can guarantee you tonight that the greater majority of people that are looking at me right now, that you can do more than what you think you can. I don't need to take a poll. I work with people enough to know the difference. You can do more than what you think you can. But God's saying above and beyond what you think, what I'm asking from you, you're capable of doing. And if that's not enough, he told us through the writings of his man Paul that I can do all things through Christ. In other words, he said, I'm not leaving you. I'm not forsaking you. I'm not letting you do this alone. Yeah, I've got faith in you. Yeah, you can do it. But when you think you can't, just lean on me a little bit because I've got the strength you need. I can help you do it. Could you lift your hands and magnify the name of Jesus together? We can be glad tonight that the Lord is in control of everything. He's in control of everything. He's in control of your life. He's in control of your wife. I just said that because it rhymed and it felt good. He's in control of tomorrow. Some of you need to stop worrying about tomorrow so much and worship God today. If we're not careful, we'll, we'll fault in our worship now out of fear of what we don't know. God's got it all under control. It don't matter if it's Donald Trump or Hillary Clinton. God's got it all under control. Yeah, amen. Preach on, preacher. God's got it the way he wants it. I'm not saying you shouldn't vote. But I'm not getting political behind the pulpit. All I'm telling you is, is don't get so caught up in the, the feardom of what's going on and all the political brouhaha and the Fox News report and the CNN News report and this report and that report and what will happen if this guy gets it, what will happen if this lady... Who I'm telling you tonight in the Spirit of the Lord, it really, at the end of the day, there's a whole lot of it, it don't matter. Because he's got it all under control. I, I, I recently, I recently went through, was well, still going through, and I, I won't, I won't divulge all the details. But there's a certain, a certain situation that my family's going through, and uh, there's, there's just a whole lot. If you know me well at all, and, and uh, you may, you may not, you may think you do, and you don't. I don't know. But if you know me well at all, there's just a whole lot of things I don't get too shook up about. I'm not a nervous person, so. But this particular situation had me shook. And, and I had text pastor, uh, I, I don't remember when it was, but one morning through the week, and I said, you've got to pray for me. I'm nervous. I, I don't know exactly what the words were, but that was the message. Uh, this has got me shook. I'm worried about this. And his response back was, 
If God can change the mind of a king. Come on, Sunday school teachers. If God can change the mind of a king, he could change anybody's mind. He can do it. What, what's he saying? God's got it all under control. What's he saying? God's going to make the crooked way straight. He's able. He's able. He's able. What are you saying? I'm saying everything going to be all right. But we can't just assume the posture that God's going to do whatever he wants to. We still have an involvement. I've got to worship him. In a certain sense, I realize this is going to hit the podcast and I hope I'm not misunderstood wherever that's listened to. But in a certain sense, our worship obligates a God response. Because when we're where we need to be and we're listening to Him, He said He would speak. But I can't. I can't put myself in the closet and close the doors and refuse to engage my life with God and then have the audacity to turn around and say, well, where's God at? So in essence, my worship Maybe obligates is the wrong word. My worship instigates a response from God. What are you saying, Brother Mason? I'm saying if you need to hear from God, let God hear from you first. If you want to hear God call your name, let God hear you calling his name first. Well, hallelujah. Psalm 144 and 15 says, Happy is that people whose God is the Lord. We can leave this house tonight and we can leave happy. I'm about to lose my voice and I'm screaming and spitting and sputtering. We can leave happy even if you're not. Now some of you, you've never been there, you don't know how that's possible. But in my darkest hours, when I was unemployed, when I was questioning God, I was wondering, where do we go from here? It's been X number of months. It's been nine months, God. Where, where do I go? How do I provide for my family? He that won't provide for his family is worse than an infidel. I don't want to be an infidel. I'm not an unbeliever. I believe in you, God. Where are you taking me? Order my steps. What's next? Where do I move? I was putting resumes and applications in in half a dozen different states and had reached the point with my wife and my son, well, he was younger then. We probably didn't consult with him too much, but between my wife and I and what we thought was best in our direction with God, we said, these are the places we're willing to go because they've got good churches. If there was something that came our way, the first thing we did was look at who's got a church there. If there was no church there, Forget it. Why didn't you go start one? God didn't tell me to. <laughs> I, I may have been born 
in the daytime, but it wasn't yesterday. What are you saying? I'm not going to excommunicate God out of my decision process. When he said everything's going to be all right, I believe it. But that's not, that's not a dismissal. That's not God saying, everything's going to be all right, you go do whatever you want to do. Jesus said in John 14 and 17, even the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive, because it seeth him not, neither knoweth him. But ye know him, for he dwelleth with you and shall be in you. That's Holy Ghost. I will not leave you comfortless. I will come unto you. He went away, but, just be, but only because that we may know him. Not just his name, but his spirit. And if you're Holy Ghost filled tonight, you've got a connection with God. You've got a connection with God that Moses didn't even have. We, we sit here in, in 21st century church and we talk about how, how bad we've got it and, and how we're not this and we're not that. We've forgotten the virtue of the Holy Ghost. There is no greater connection to God than the baptism of His Spirit. It's essential. It's necessary. God's plan. Repent. Be baptized in Jesus' name. And receive the Holy Ghost. Through the power of His Spirit that we may know Him. But just having His Spirit resting inside of us is not enough. God does not want us to just get the Holy Ghost and do nothing with it. You know you can have the Holy Ghost and sin. That's why Romans through Jude was written. Because there's people in the book of Acts that received the Holy Ghost speaking in tongues and turned right around and said, how much money can I pay you for this? You can't buy this power. You can't buy his anointing. Your tithe don't give you anointing. And your tithe is not going to take away the anointing of the pastor. Let me rephrase that. You get mad and hold your tithe. This isn't in my notes. I don't know why I'm saying this. But you get mad and hold your tithe. You're not hurting anybody but you. Now that's that's simple mind 101. You're not hurting anybody but you. Because tithing is the fourth dimension to salvation. Repent, be baptized, get the Holy Ghost, support. It's just as biblical. Well, I'll lose half of you. I don't have enough voice to keep going at that rate. But we need to know Him. I want to stand before God, Brother Zach, 
and I want to know him. Daniel chapter 11. Somebody say amen. I'm coming to the clone of clothes. Not coming to a clone. Don't anybody get afraid. There's only one me. For better or for worse, this is it. Coming to a close. The plane has reached its descent. Daniel chapter 11 and verse number 32 reads, But the people that do know their God. This is such a powerful verse. Shall be strong. And do exploits. The people that do know shall be strong do exploits. What is the ingredient that allows for strength and exploits? It is the knowledge of your God. People that know their This is a strength that will give you, will position you to be superior in difficulty. The Bible says that the children of Israel, when they were in bondage, that the harder that they beat them, the harder. The, 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 the faster the whip, the deeper the cut in the back, the more that they increased. Is that God's people have always known difficulty. Difficulty is not foreign to the child of God. And if you're in difficulty tonight, then all you need to understand is God's not trying to break you. God's trying to strengthen you. Because every time in the Word of God where that His people have been under difficulty, they come out stronger. So your circumstance is not to destroy you. The, the situation you're facing, it matters not what it is. But the situation that you're facing tonight, it's not meant to hurt you. It's meant to make you. God knows what He wants you to be on the other side. But if we stop short of the crook in the road, we'll never get to the other side. He'll make the crooked way straight. All I need is for God to call my name. Stand with me tonight. An exploit is defined as a heroic act or a great achievement people that do know their God shall be. That's the wording. Shall be. Shall is just an archaic word for will. People that do know their God will be strong. That's not a question mark. That's a statement. It's not an inquisition. It's not a question. It's not a maybe. 
It's not a weak need response. That is a firm, established stake in the ground. The people that know they're, that sh shall be strong. The pe all you got to do is know him. All you have to do is know him. How do I know him? I know him. Here it is now. Through worship. Worship is the intimacy between me and God that allows me to get acquainted with him. That's how I know him. Lift your hands with me right now. God's got strength in this house for someone. This altar's open. God's got strength for you. God's got answers for you. God wants to know you. He's calling your name right now. All you've got to do is listen. When God calls your name, everything's going to be all right. When God calls your name, every situation will be made whole. We don't need to leave this house tonight until we've confessed to God that we understand He's able. Could you gather around tonight? Maybe, maybe somebody just needs to see somebody else coming. Would you gather around tonight, pull in close, and pull in with a heart and a mind of worship? God's calling your name tonight. I don't want to miss the opportunity for God to call my name. I don't want to miss an opportunity here. This is, a, this is another element of our church service that we, we don't need to just blink past it and get our keys out of our purse and get ready to go. I, I want to lean into what the Spirit of the Lord is saying right now. God's calling somebody's name. And God's saying, you know that situation you don't understand? I've got it. I've got it. I've got it. I've got it. Would you just lift your hands and just begin to magnify Him all over this house tonight? God's got it. God's got your situation under control. It may have been years since you've seen an answer yet, but don't give up. Don't give up. Don't give up. Don't lose hope. Don't lose faith in Him. The people that do know their God shall be strong. People that do know their God shall do exploits. Come on. We know Him. We know Him. We know Him. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. We know Him in the fullness of His Godhead. We know Him. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, why don't you just pour your heart out to Him right now? Thank you for listening. If you would like more information about our services and activities, you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter with the username FACMC. Again, that's F-A-C-M-C. Thank you, and have a blessed day.